Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Have you ever gone to a country uh, on a vacation that perhaps you've never been to before? And then when you get home, one of the things you can't stop thinking about was some of the food you had in that country. And oh, yeah. How terrific it was and how you wish you could get it here. Or even if you do get a version of it, it's it's never the same. You know, going to Italy, certainly, I... There was a, a a town we were in that we had a, a plate of pasta late one night and we had just rolled in and it, we shared it because we you know it was getting late and we weren't that hungry we wanted something and it was just so good that we went back to this restaurant the next day and, and had it again uh, and it, it didn't disappoint and uh, so that's probably true uh, was there a, ever like when you went back to your uh, to Guyana or somewhere that the food was something you had that you just said, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Well, the first good. thing I had there was KFC, so I don't know if that <laughs> really rings the bell for me. <laughs> uh, but the last time we went to Jamaica, yeah. they had one of the nights they did this um, coconut curry ravioli, mm. which was like it would not to be expected mm-hmm. by any means, but it was fantastic. You know what's interesting about Jamaica? Um when we were at this resort, and it was like a buffet lunch, they had uh, just a spaghetti in a, in a very plain tomato sauce. Right. It was really flipping good. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, our resort had like a wood-fired pizza oven. They're like, we yeah. find ourselves like craving a pepperoni pizza yeah. in the middle of the day. Like, yeah, it's not exactly what I had in mind. You know, no. when you think, I'll give you some real Jamaican food. And but... jerk this, jerk that. No, you're having pepperoni pizza. <laughs> But no, it was good. And, and of course, like cruises are known for the food. Yeah. Uh, and, and some phenomenal meals put out there. Uh, people were asked, uh, foreigners who would come to Canada, uh, about some of the foods that they really craved when they got back home. The people are from different countries, and some countries may have things that others don't. But apparently, mm. there are some things. It's pretty interesting. That, yeah. So uh, an Asian couple said they really miss Canadian Chinese food. <laughs> They're from Asia. <laughs> and I, I can see that, I guess. What is that red sauce that they had? <laughs> so tangy. More of those chicken balls, please. Right. Uh, maple syrup, of course. Uh-huh. Wendy's stands out as a, a burger joint that a lot really? of foreigners seem to like. Okay. Taco Bell as well. <laughs> That's, is, that, is that what you want to be known for? Yeah. <laughs> I, I came home four pounds lighter. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I don't think we're really known much for our food. Poutine, of course, shows up on the list. Yeah. Mozzarella sticks with marinara sauce for dipping. Really? I guess it's something that maybe... I, and again, I don't know where all these people are from, except for the Chinese when they don't say right. where they're from. Uh, likely probably foreigners, not not necessarily Americans, right? No, no. You're, I think you're talking about people yeah, from They're not Europe. coming here and going, mm, the Wendy's tastes different here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um... There, speaking of American food, the, the the amount of times I've been there that people would say, oh, when you're in Chicago, you got to do the deep dish. Or when you're here in New York, you got to do their pizza. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. It never is. Right. It's just a big pile of salt and bad. No. Honestly, if I crave pizza in the States, it's from the Sparrow in the mall. Right. It's usually the best slice I get. When we went, we took the boys and they were quite young. And I think we ended up in... Um, I always get confused. Barbados or Bahamas? I think we were in Barbados. Uh, and uh, we, like morons, we did this thing. We could have had uh, the whole uh, all-inclusive, but the kids were young, and we thought, well, why spend all that money? They're not right. going to, you know, meanwhile, it was like $80 American for a burger and a yeah. beer. So we ended up finding one of those Sparrows down the street. We <laughs> ate there every day. <laughs> Luckily, we were only there for like three days. 
Um, root beer is a drink that uh, I guess foreigners can't get. Oh. I love it here. All right. Gas station beef jerky. Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we should be so proud of ourselves, shouldn't we? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, big breakfast with pancakes, bacon, eggs, fried potatoes, all of that. Yeah. I, guess, I guess in some parts of Europe, uh, maybe breakfast is just a biscuit and a coffee, right? right. You know. Um, the cereal selection at grocery stores. You yeah. Think, you think we've got it good here? Go to the States and right. see their cereal selection. It's off the charts crazy. Uh, everything bagels. Oh, all right. Yeah. And ketchup chips. Can't st- yeah, that's right. They're very right. Canadian. That's the one chip I can't stand. Right. That and uh, is it everything or uh, all dressed? All dressed. I don't like those. Don't like the all dress- no. I, can, I can get away with the all dressed. I'm okay with that. Reese's peanut butter cups. This is what people enjoy yeah. from Canada. Yeah, that they miss when they get home. Peanut butter in general. Hidden Valley Ranch dressing. Like like somewhere there are chefs training yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be excellent. Five-star, Michelin-starred Michelin yep. Canadian uh, executive chefs. Yeah. And people are missing peanut butter cups. And ranch dressing. Right. Yeah. And chicken wings with buffalo sauce. <laughs> I I would miss that going away from Canada. <laughs> On the weekend, we were in uh, Cambridge. We drove to Cambridge and back. And uh, something we, we noticed uh, was the, just the uh, amazing amount of uh, Teslas that you see everywhere. We actually mm. started playing Punch Tesla instead of Punch Buggy. Right. Remember the old Punch Buggy game where every time you saw a Volkswagen, you'd punch the other person. There's me and my wife slapping each other in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but they, man, oh, man, he is uh, he's selling a lot of cars. Yeah, Elon's doing okay. Yeah, he'll be just fine. Well, he's bought into Twitter, too. Yeah, like 10% stake. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a little less, but um, but the one thing he really is uh, hot on is putting a, an edit button on it. Yeah, that that seems to be his big push. Yeah, I like actually, that. yeah. Oh, me too. I I really I love it on Facebook because how often do you write something out? And I'm terrible about, like this with texting and emails. And then I'll write something. I'll review it. Looks perfect. I'll hit send. I'll look at it again, and I see three spelling mistakes. Yeah. I'm constantly doing that. Well, and, and it's even more annoying is you, you put something you think is prolific on there, <laughs> and the one response you get is, uh, you spelled the wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's also how we try to belittle others we're yes, arguing with. By spelling mistakes. Yeah, work on your spelling before your political <laughs> arguments. Uh, yeah, he's got... Um, Oh, yeah, almost 10. You're right. He's got 9.2. Right. Um, and I guess there's a condition that he doesn't own more than 14.9. Uh, that's good until 2024. So he put out a tweet where he says, do you want an edit button? And he spells yes wrong, yeah. which is good. <laughs> uh, and 73% of people want an edit button. Right. Of course we do. It also gives us the chance, you know, because you get Twitter is the world of anger. And, you know, you can get so angry at something. And then... Um, and then you 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 want to take something back, or you feel bad that you said something, but once it's out there, it's gone. Mm. Unless you just delete the whole damn thing. So, anyhow, that might be happening. People were asked about uh, grandparents and how many of us know our grandparents. So all four of them, their names. Okay. So I know I, I know my mom. Uh, her parents were Maud and Joe, and my dad were Fred and Mary. Right. You got you know your grandparents' names. First yes. names. Yes. Samuel, Olivia, and Edward and Yvonne. Although I never met two of them. Yeah. 
Uh, now, when people were asked, do you know their entire names? I certainly wouldn't know their middle names. I know their, their last names were Van, of course, and Hall on my mother's right. side. Yeah, no, I, I don't know middle names. Yeah. Then only like about 4% of us, very few, it would even know uh, grandparents or great-grandparents' names. Right, yeah. I, I can't think. We did a family tree at one point, um, but I, I can't remember them offhand. Uh, and what's interesting is, I, like, one of my grandfathers, who, you know, both of them passed away before I was born. I don't think I saw a picture of him until I was in my 20s. Mm. Uh, like, it just, there was, my mom, I think when you your parents leave from other countries, they don't always get a chance to bring everything with them. There weren't a lot of pictures uh, around. Right. And, and any photos they were, boy, everybody was grumpy. Right. No. Yes. I see wedding photos where everybody looks like they're at a funeral <laughs> rather than a wedding. When we're asked about our ancestors and our family, uh, many of us, like two-thirds of people would like to know more about their family history. And I, I understand that, but I think we all just are desperate to find something really cool. We were from a lineage of royalty. Yeah. You know, we were, uh, uh, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was part of some historic event. Right. You know. Well, that was the whole ancestry, the, like the DNA tests. Yeah. Right. People popping those just to see their, please tell me I'm, I'm rich somewhere. I'm important <laughs> on some level. <laughs> please tell me I can open up that yeah. email about that Nigerian uncle I have. The, the reality is you came from Scotland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Long line of people from Scotland who worked and struggled and got nowhere in life and died. Yeah. That's 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 the lineage. There you go. What do you want? Um, we want to know uh, how they overcame any hardships or if they had hardships. Well, of course they did. Right. Yeah. That's why they sailed on a crickety boat with rats <laughs> to get away from the hardship to come here and have more hardship. Uh huh. And there's always that joke about you know what will. Uh, my grandchildren, or even my kids, have to tell their children about any hardships. Right. I mean, what do I even have to tell my kids about any hardships? Yeah. I've suffered nothing. Uh-huh. My life has been basically, uh, you know, it's funny. sailing. We will go online to do a DNA test to learn about the hardships of others, but we will moan <laughs> about the internet being slow to get those results. Oh, that's the hardship we this face. Is it. Yeah. That's <laughs> the right. Wi Fi went down for 10 seconds. Yeah. My parents' car didn't have leather until I was 12. <laughs> you know how embarrassing that was? We didn't own a microwave until I was in my teen years. And we, we struggled through, but we were happy. We were a family. We were a unit. We didn't have a flat screen. We had one of those old big box TVs. Until I was double digits. It was a nightmare. Spoilers are a big thing uh, when it comes to watching television and movies. Certainly nowadays because we stream everything and we get it in a bundle. So you'll get like Ozark in one foul swoop. And somebody will dive in and watch it all right away and want to talk about it. And I know I'm guilty of this. I'll watch it and then I... I have to, you know, bite my lip, keep my mouth shut. Because uh-huh. some people will wait like six months to get to it. And you're like, oh, for crying out loud. Listen, it's like a meal. It's hot on the table. Eat it or lose it. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem is there's so many different things to stream, right? And, and you can't, it's tough to stream all the shows at once. No, I, I mean, I don't expect anybody. And listen, I know I've got an extraordinary amount of TV viewing time on my hands. I know I'm different. <laughs> I'm not the average guy who actually works a full day. Um, 
But, yeah, I'll just it drives me crazy when there will be something like Ozark and someone will take forever to get to it and say, don't talk about it. And, and people get crazy about it. They spin out uh, over uh, something being ruined for them. Three-quarters of people say it's a spoiler to say a character dies in the end. Okay, of course that makes right. sense. Um, another half say it's a spoiler if you generally say there's a happy ending. Very vague. Or that the ending is bad. That's uh, half of us get upset with that. Just under half think it's a spoiler if you say something sad happens in a particular episode. So you're not even giving away the ending, just something sad happens along the way. And about that many say you shouldn't say an episode is the most devastating one in the series. Mm. Then people get overly sensitive about it. Some say it's a spoiler to mention that something big happens in an episode. Yeah. They don't think you should say there's a big twist at some point in the series. Don't want you to know ahead of time if the episode is even good or bad. And others don't want you to say it gets scary or something else is progressing. And some, very few, will freak out if you simply mention the show is good. Right. Yeah, well, well listen, we, we want... It's better. Okay, take Ozark, for example. Yeah. Right, I know this happens all the time because you'll binge it and I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Right, and and you're like, oh, you gotta watch it. It's great. I know it's great. Mm-hmm. Right, I know it's you. Know, and you can't tell me, oh, you're gonna be shocked because every episode, I'm bloody well shocked. Mm-hmm. But we learned, um, you know, recently. You know, what are we in season four? Right, the final season. Yeah. Uh, and only in this season did I learn that the symbols at the start of the show, of the episode, in the O. Mm. Also, are a hint as to what's coming up. Oh, you didn't you didn't know that till this I, season. I didn't know that oh, till this okay. season. Right. And knowing that doesn't ruin it for me. But at the same time, I don't think I want to know. Oh, really? See, I find that I love that because I go, okay, now someone's dying in this one. Exactly. Or, but but before every episode, so I too. was on the edge of my seat, going, I have no idea what's happening right. next. Now it's like. Okay, I saw a tombstone at the start or a shovel. Okay, someone's dying and getting buried. Okay, mm. uh, you know, I, I'm prepared for it. I don't know if I enjoy it more because of that or, or less. But. See, again, now Ozark, a, a terrific example because I think end of April, end of this month is when the final four episodes drop. And that'll be great. Can't talk about it till August. Well, see, that's the I, I feel like I can't <laughs> even say anything about the first four even now. Right. Like, there's that opening scene that really sets it all up. What what does that all mean, that opening scene? And if already me just saying that spoils it for you, well, then you got to take some sensitivity pills. Right. Because it's one of the it's one of the Netflix biggest shows, and it drives me crazy. Like, I understand, you know, people... It used to be a time with must-see TV where, you know, everybody gathered on a Thursday and watched Seinfeld, so you could talk about it the next day. Right. Well, wasn't Seinfeld great? You can't do any of that anymore because just the way our TV habits have changed. Everybody's on a different thing at a different time and they want to catch up on this, that, or the other thing. But there's also a new uh, kind of sense where people want to break news to people, right? Mm. It, the, the, it, it happens. You see it online all the time. People who, who, who will type breaking mm. in front of their post, you know, breaking the Leafs lost last night. You're not a bloody news breaker. <laughs> that really right? drives you crazy. It does. But, but it, it also con, you know, continues yeah. in things like this. Mm-hmm. People love to spoil crap for other people, 
right? And even if they want them to watch the show, they'll still spoil it for them. But it's so, I find it so annoying that I'm excited, especially with this job. I'm excited to say, you won't believe, did you see that was crazy? Oh my God. But I got to stand it because God forbid I ruin it for someone. But like I said, it's like a meal. At some point, you got to eat it. Who would have uh, been able to say this was going to happen? Certainly after the uh, car accident the Tiger Woods had where they were about to amputate part of his leg at one point early on that he would be actually back in a tournament and, and playing the Masters this weekend. At this point, anyhow, he says he's pretty confident he will be playing. He's out at his practice rounds. It's amazing to see the photos as people follow him around just for the practice. It's as busy around him on Monday and Tuesday when he was practicing as it would be on the uh, final of Sunday. I wonder if he has a tough time getting guys to play a practice round with him. Like, as much as you want to play a practice Mm. round with Tiger Woods, you'd have to be a pretty pretty seasoned guy around Augusta to want to practice with Tiger, just knowing what the crowd would be around you. And I guess, you know, if you do have designs on winning, you want to feel what it's going to be like on those final holes with that kind of crowd. That's the kind of practice you want to get. But, man, it's got to be intimidating. So what do you think his mindset is going in, knowing that he, of course... um, uh, is is going to be struggling with with the walking. Um, he's saying his golf game is fine. Uh, so obviously, I guess he's going to want to just pound the hell out of that ball and get it as far down as he possibly can. So he's not, uh, and then you know try to. I know it's the game is get, get it as close to the pin as you can and putt in. But is there going to be a strategy so he's not, I guess, hiking all over the place? Or is he going to play a shorter game so he can keep it in the fairway and he's not? struggling in the woods and in bunkers and yeah i mean well keeping it out of bunkers i think will be a a massive thing for him too just because you know the footing you want to and you have a lot of uneven footing situations Mm -hmm. at augusta it's a really hilly golf course so there may be some strategy involved there to keep it off of side hills and Mm -hmm. and and avoid certain places on the golf course where mistakes can be made uh to, to get him into tough tough lies and that will be the real question when you know you know we all know when you're practicing in a flat mat in a driving range Mm -hmm. perfectly smooth that's one thing when you've got to deal with uphill side hill downhill those kind of lies that he'll have to deal with that's where there's going to be extra torque on that leg Mm -hmm. that might be a bit different i i think the advantage to him at augusta is the fact that the golf course doesn't change a heck of a lot he knows it very well obviously uh he's won there a few times um but it's not the longest golf course that they play. Mm. It's not the tightest golf course that they play. There's a little bit of room to spray it here and there. There's places, not a lot of places you want to miss around the green, mm. but off the tee, there's places where you can kind of miss and get away with it, whereas the U.S. Open is notoriously tight with crazy high rough. Um, you know, Augusta isn't isn't like that. So I, I think there is an advantage to him there. The problem is is going to be the, the walking. That's what he says. His game is up to speed. The putting is going to be an issue because he hasn't putt, you know, played competitively in over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's going to be, you know, very, very, the putting is always the key at Augusta. And uh, with those greens and whether or not he can, he's got the game, the putting game to do that. But he's got, you know, a range at home where he sets up however he wants mm-hmm. to set it up to, to prepare for Augusta. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure his game is close to level. It'll be interesting too to watch the numbers because he's such a draw that even people who aren't uh, into golf will watch just to for see sure. what's going on. And if he's kind of uh, faltering early and, 
you know, by Saturday or even like, you know, yeah, by Saturday, I guess uh, it's it's realized that it's it's done for him. The numbers will probably drop dramatically in viewing because many of those who are just there to see Tiger. And, it, you know, it's it, for anybody who's of an age who really was maybe too young to to know what was going on with him in the 90s. It's uh, it's just to this day such a, an amazing story. And I read his book and, uh, you know, the fact that so many people took up the game just because of him. People who had never touched a golf club, oh, you know, ran to golf because of Tiger Woods. And I remember talking to uh, our, our, our old friend and your old boss, uh, Malcolm Dawson, who used to run Royal Woodbine Golf. Uh, back then, if you owned a golf course or ran a golf course, you were just printing money. Yeah, yeah. Because green fees were like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. In, in like 96, 97, right? The, the ultimate course, you know, I think Glen Abbey, when I played it in the mid-90s, was 100 bucks. Right, and that was yeah. a lot. And that was a lot, yeah. right? Like, wow, you're going to pay $100 to play a golf course. Mm-hmm. And now it's like three, right? Like right. It, it's, it's crazy. And it's an exponential difference, and it's the Tiger factor. Yeah. Now, if I were him, I would have showed up just for the Champions Dinner last night because, mm-hmm. remember, Hideki Matsuyama won last year, his first Japanese golfer to mm. win. So his menu last night included A5 Wagyu pro- like wow. rib steaks. And they basically go for up to 50 bucks an ounce wow. for A5 Wagyu. So maybe Tiger was just showing up for that meal and he's leaving today. Perhaps. But, uh, you know what, I think this is a no-lose situation for him in the sense that, I mean, if he if he sucks... He hasn't played in a year. Mm. Uh, he and he can always just pull out and say, "I can't do it. My leg hurts. It can't, hurts, and I can't do this. I can't. I played Thursday. I couldn't recover to play on Friday because uh, you know the swelling or whatever it may be. Couldn't ice it down enough, and and it, it's too painful to play on. Uh, and he's got an automatic out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it, if it doesn't go well, I would have gone into that dinner and said, "Can I have my steak well done?" <laughs> <laughs> You got anything at home you'd like to unload, sell, trying to get rid of it on Kijiji or uh, Facebook Market or something like that? Are you having a tough time uh, getting rid of it? Well, it seems that everybody nowadays, when selling their used junk, just adds the word vintage to it. And it seems to spark people's interest. I don't know why. I guess vintage means it's classic or... Something right. uh, important from days gone by. There was somebody who was posting a used BlackBerry <laughs> for 15 bucks, <laughs> and they labeled it as vintage. <laughs> Circa 1980s. Was BlackBerry even out in the 1980s? And somebody said yeah. it actually looks like a BlackBerry Bold 9000, which came out in like 2008. I was going to say, that's uh, not, not 80s at all. No. In the early 90s, we had massive phones, Blackberries. Like smartphone technology didn't come mm-hmm. in the 2000s. I think we all had to, well, we either had a pager early on or a Blackberry at some point. Did you have a Blackberry along the way? Uh, no, I don't think I ever had a Blackberry. No? no. Well, I was never important enough <laughs> at that time to need that sort of thing. I think I only had one because uh, somewhere I worked gave me one. Yeah, I never went out and got it myself. I mean, it was a game changer because before that, to send a text, you'd have to hit, like, the numbers over and over again to get, you know, yeah. to get a C, you'd have to hit three right. ones, right? Right. So BlackBerry having a full keyboard. It was a big deal. It was, was huge. And, you know, that was uh, eventually, to, and I think their encryption was very good early on mm-hmm. for BlackBerry messaging, right? And a lot of people like that for businesses. Yeah, yeah. Businessmen seem to really, uh, it took a while, I think, for a lot of businessmen to even give them up. And my brother-in-law had one for a very long time. 
running his business. In the time before unlimited texting plans or unlimited calling plans, mm. right, the ability to send BlackBerry messages, uh, you know, BlackBerry to BlackBerry without paying for a text to do it was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what uh, what killed BlackBerry? I guess it was uh, smartphones, but what, didn't they dip into the NHL or something at one point? And they spent uh, was, a ton of dough on that. And it wasn't BlackBerry. That was just one Jim Balsley half of you know Research in Motion Rims like ownership group. Right. Oh, right. Okay. he was kind of the more vocal side of it. He was right. trying to get in. So yeah, if you got anything, like I have got boxes and boxes of CDs that I have uh, been trying to sell and. Uh, if anybody wants CDs, they're vintage. Yeah. <laughs> you think at some point uh, things would, you, the market for some stuff would just be gone, yeah. right? You know, but that's not the truth, right? People would have said that of vinyl yeah. a few years ago. Uh, and then it made a resurgence. So you never know. No, and, I- and, and as much as you say, well, no, no one's going to want your crap. The problem is, yes. Yeah, people. There are people that do. They're looking for that sort of thing. Some somewhere, some guy has got a a, a smartphone collection mm. like displayed that he's missing that BlackBerry and for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, I'll pay for that. I, I remember being so kind of embarrassed or uh, insulted. I guess is a better word because uh, I decided I had to get rid of all these CDs, and I've probably there's hundreds of them, and I. So I started taking them to a used CD store. And this place is rammed full of CDs. And while the guy was kind of pricing my CDs out, how much he'd give me for them, I'd roam through his store. And there was a lot of crap in there. <laughs> and uh, and he'd go through like a box of 60 of my CDs and buy like seven of them. <laughs> I'm like, you're selling some Scottish folk thing. And, and my Bob Seger CD isn't good enough. Right. Anyhow, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll try to... My luck, too, will be I will finally... Someone will come and buy them all off of me, and then, like, a month later, it'll be the new craze, and I could have gotten three times the money for them. But, yeah, I mean, there are used CD stores, so these places are open, and people must be going in and, and buying them, and, you know, vinyl has really made a, a resurgence, so... Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I listen, there, there's, a, there's a market out there. That's why they have it, and, I mean, listen... It, you know, if, if you're trying to get, you know, original value mm, for yeah. your things. No, I know. It's not, it's not going to work out that way. No, it's fun. So I went through a phase of collecting those box sets, CD box sets, you know, right. like an entire career of some artist. And I, I've probably got well, at least a dozen of them. Anyhow, I'd get them as Christmas gifts and other things. And they were at the time like $80, $90. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the fancy box and the whole book would come with it. And then I'm looking them up online, see what people are asking for them. Seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll spend more in gas getting to my house than they're worth. Rock mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 949 The Rock.